I the only one who like just learned where Green Bay is? <laughs> because I mean, like it, in my mind, it, it, now that I'm looking back on it, it felt like the Springfield from The Simpsons, where it was always kind of shifting between different places. Because sometimes when I thought about it, I thought it was like a Gulf Coast thing, like something near Louisiana. But other times, it was, okay. like, it was like a New England thing. But now it's in Wisconsin. Like, I looked it up, and Green Bay is in Wisconsin. And I don't okay. know what to do with this information. Well, it's not in Wisconsin now. It's always been there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, but still. Like, did, did, you guys, did you guys know where Green Bay was? Because, like, is, is this, like, am I just stupid? <laughs> Green Bay is a state of mind. It's also a state of obesity. <laughs> Oh, the hot takes starting early today. If you live in Green Bay, you know you're a fat ass. You don't have to fucking be offended. You're like, yeah, they got me. You're fine. <laughs> All the other NFL teams, they like, you know, they're major towns esque. Like, you know where they are. Green Bay, like you fucking t- point, tell me to point on a map where Green Day, Green Day is. I have like half the <laughs> fucking board. Green Day. <laughs> oh fuck! Don't. Uh, you feeling like an American idiot right now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty good one. Jokes that would have been clever ten years ago. Leia doesn't even know who Green Day is, really. I mean. First, no, fuck you. My my dad played Green Day in his car when he drove me to school. Yeah, you forgot. Leia, Leia's dad is like a is like a Gen X uh, nihilist. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, to, listen to fucking shitty shitty punk rock and like the Fallout Boy and stuff. <laughs> my Chemical Romance. Oh my god, dad's listening to Fallout Boy. That might be the title right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew I grew, I grew to calling it uh, dad core and th- <laughs> things I would listen to that would be like my chemical romance fallout boy or green day I would call them dad core too because it's just the strong association of like being in elementary school and being driven to being fucking driven to elementary school in the in in the Honda we had with like the it was one of those Hondas with the the TV screens in the back like uh, on the on the back of the the front seats they then we watched like SpongeBob episodes and Johnny Test on it and like listening to fucking shitty My Chemical Romance songs. <laughs> this has been a very wild week. A lot has happened. Um- this explains why you think that, that Green Bay moves everywhere across the country. You were thinking of Green Day touring, and it just got in your, it just got in your brain. It embedded, and it just fucked everything up. Green Day, the punk band, Green Bay football team. It's the same thing. It's the, yeah. it's... But, I mean, like, if you think about it, Green Bay is, like, if you were to just, like, if the town of Green Bay didn't exist, and like nobody knew about it, and you asked somebody, "Where is Green Bay?" They probably wouldn't think of the Midwest. Like it's not a Midwest town name. No, you're very right about that. It does seem like something that would be in Massachusetts, but uh, I, I also, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, 
it's crazy. Whatever. Yeah. I think I would agree with Brandon if my if I had to just choose a place, my thought was also Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. Like it, it, it seems like it seems like um the New England Patriots. Like they're it says New England, but the town they're from is from Green Bay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys realize that most of Leia's knowledge of 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 these cities is based on having a sports team and that like in seven years she will not know where San Diego is or St. Louis. Like I thought San Diego was a fictional city. <laughs> Unless there's a Wait, shooting. is San Diego real though? Is it real? I don't know. San Diego is just South Los Angeles. Like just South South Los Angeles. The enti- entirety of Southern California is just various degrees of Los Angeles. So listen, it's been a very wild week in the news. So much shit has happened in the last, I don't know, seven or eight days that it we probably couldn't devote, we could devote an entire episode to every single thing that, that came up this week. Uh, probably number one news is Bernie Sanders. This motherfucker had a heart attack. He's doing a town hall. He's just like, I need a seat. No, motherfucker, you need an ambulance. Um, they, so they, they called Uber. Because Bernie did not want to have to, you know, pay them. Yeah, no. And in fact, when they were calling the Uber, they they Bernie actually negotiated them. Bernie actually negotiated them down to Lyft, which I think was just mm-hmm. really stunning of him. But anyway, they got in there. They put a little. He had a blockage. He's fine now, to my knowledge. Um, yeah, he had some stints in. Well wishes. Everybody now knows what a heart stint is, and they know that it's no big deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and coincidentally, this same weekend, there was, I don't know if you guys have seen it, a very large um, fan-made commercial uh, showing some of the hit pieces on Bernie and countering it with his reality. Uh, mm-hmm. Very big, very touching ad. So what do you guys think about this Bernie Sanders thing? Is, this, is him having a heart attack finally make him too old? Does it dent his coalition? Or y'all, y'all think people still riding with him? I uh, I think he's I think it's fine. Like he's he 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 is old, and that's a definite worry I have that like he's gonna fucking slip on a banana peel and die of a brain hemorrhage on his second day of office. And the and the DNC's like um, compromise candidate fucking Vladimir Putin as the vice president is gonna become <laughs> president. <laughs> The Sanders-Putin ticket, I think, is going to have a lot of momentum going into October. <laughs> I think they're really well balanced with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Putin's got that, that ability to speak to the sticks in Russia. Um, hopefully they add Russia to the Electoral College. On yeah. Kennedy Cooper, what foreign country most needs to be added to the Electoral College? And what do you think about this Bernie stuff? Uh, let's add Cuba to the Electoral College. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so this burning stuff. Uh, you know, people get, so that people get heart stints uh, at like, you know, not even, they're, they're not even that old sometimes. You know, they just, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they have a congenital issue or something and they, they you know, they get a heart stint at like 40 or 50 and go on to live to be 80, you know? Uh, so, so I don't really see it as a big deal just for that reason. 
Um, if, if the news had been Bernie Sanders, like goes in the hospital and like comes out like with a pacemaker or something like more severe, like I might be a little concerned, like, man, is this dude's health good enough for this? But this is pretty minor as far as not so minor things go. <laughs> I mean, he was sense. he was only in the hospital for a few days. Yeah. Alea Rose, if Bernie comes out in a wheelchair and a pacemaker, do you still like him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'd have to. I mean, FDR. I mean, maybe, maybe we gotta, maybe we gotta kind of accelerate getting a getting a good vice president on the ticket and kind of accelerate that happening. Maybe someone really young, maybe someone like thirty-five. We definitely, yeah. we definitely need to start feeding AOC growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Uh, just. Just get her out there biologically so that she can take this shit over when it's time. Yeah, we gotta we gotta invent a time machine and kidnap future AOC when the uh, when America is a post apocalyptic wasteland and she the AOC's got like a robot arm and shit. We definitely that's, need that's that's VP. VP. Right that there, is right v- there. that's big VP energy. We need to we need to get her to donate to Marianne so that we can communicate with her telepathically and then we can get her in the time machine. Because yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah, the telepathic communication, by the way, for those of you who haven't donated to Marianne, it transcends space and time. Mm-hmm. So we can we can literally talk to you 10 years in the future, 10 years in the past. Yeah, it's wild. It's a, it's a lot happening in the astral plane. So we, we got to get AOC to donate to Marianne. No, so we can no astral beta throttling. No astral throttling yeah. at all. No way. No data caps, no nothing. And look, more and more people have, have joined the astral network Marianne's fundraising uh, during a time when certain presidential candidates have seen their incoming money fall off a cliff. Marianne Williamson's fundraising up by 100%. And so on Yahoo Finance uh, last week, she said she's here to stay and never go away, probably until the money dries up. I don't know. Uh, Leia, do you think she's going to stay until the money dries up? Or is she, she here forever? Or is she just uh, being bad places? Uh, just impact on how long is she going to stay in? Well, we're approaching the cutoff for the next debate, and she has picked up her second qualifying poll, but she's does, it doesn't look like she's going to pick up the other two. So I don't know. She has the money. She definitely like has the money and the potential to like get the money to kind of uh, keep up picking up, keep picking up speed. But you know, is it? At what point is it too late for you to hit the accelerator and start, like, getting relevance? I think, uh, has the DNC released the the polling requirements for the next set of debates? They're not that much higher, I think. Because I think what Marianne's ticket is probably going to be is once a lot of these no-polling jokers and no-polling, no-money jokers start to... Uh, trickle out then there's going to be less fucking dipshits in the in the polls that are like i'm gonna vote for amy klobuchar and, and it's just and it's just amy's husband like in every single poll hey i love amy's husband you love loyalty you love to see it even if that loyalty comes from like a fear of physical abuse it's still fine it counts yeah. oh god oh uh, uh uh kennedy I, I do really just say that but anyway ask your question <laughs> Uh, Kennedy, how are you? Are you personally still ride or die for for Marianne Williamson? Do you care about the numbers? Andrew Yang's numbers uh, also went up a huge amount. They went up like two hundred seventy percent. Very wild. We're burying the lead, but 
Are you, does it bother you? Are you encouraged or discouraged or what? I think that, you know, I, from the start, I was never into Marianne solely from the perspective of what's most important to me is that she's president. Now I would Mm -hmm. honestly like her to be president, but I think that it's also really important just that her voice gets out there. Her message gets out there because basically for the time being, on a lot of levels, her message is my message, you know, like until somebody else comes along and starts articulating a better Department of Peace, starts articulating a better solution, you know, towards ending a lot of the like imperialistic practices of America. She's she's my gal, you know, (laughs) and I would like to hope that even if she can't be president, that there's still a chance that she could get a nod for the VP or she could end up in the cabinet or that the Department of Peace could at least be a talking point that sticks around, even if nothing else, just something, you know, if she can, if she can influence our politics at all, her message is so powerful that just doing anything to push the flow would be amazing. Yeah. No, I think that's rad. Okay. So the IRS um, doesn't audit rich people. Uh, Congress asked them about this, uh, this auditing rate. And they said, yeah, we don't audit rich people that are in the top 1% because it takes a team to do it. You've got to go through a lot of finances. We're on a budget. So uh, weirdly enough, the IRS is just a total nightmare. The 1%, the people who are doing the tax dodging, um, actually are above accountability, but literally because of their vast financial resources. Leia Rose, what should be done to the top 1%? And remember, the FBI probably listens to this podcast already. Go. <laughs> you can't set me up and knock me down like that, just in one kind of swift Actually, our FBI monitoring team has the week off. Go wild. Yeah, so I mean, definitely... We shouldn't have billionaires. I think that's something we can agree on. The, the big problem here is that the IRS just doesn't fucking have enough funding. I, I read the article there and it said, we don't have, like you said, you know, we need a team to go through rich people's financials. And there's a lot of fucking documents you got to look through. And you got to look through this, like fucking Vanatu tax returns or wherever foreign country they're shuffling their money from. And, you know, poor people can't afford to do all that. So, you know, sometimes it's cheaper to go after them so we need to give more money to the irs we need to decrease taxes more on the on the on poor people and billionaires like i said don't no i don't can't have you having around uh tax billionaires out of their wealth or you know do other things if they don't like that if they really don't like that we can you know do some really things if you uh understand what i'm getting at leia's leia's alluding to milk yeah you guys we're gonna publicly embarrass billionaires we're gonna photoshop them into <laughs> looking like they have uh have shit in their pants or something or they piss their pants kennedy kennedy uh three non-fatal things <laughs> that should be done to the billionaire class and go. Well, what I really want to say actually is just that I think it's like kind of funny this whole situation of like, oh, the IRS doesn't have the money to uh, pursue these cases because the billionaire class is directly responsible for the defunding of the government. Um, all but like, you know, the systems that they want to exist, which is primarily the, you know, the military at this point and very little else. So, 
you know, they've like undercut and underfunded everything. So now it's like, yeah, the IRS is underfunded because the billionaires underfunded the government, you know, by cutting their own taxes and crap and, you know, all these things. And then, you know, they can't pursue these billionaires. So it's like, here's just another way that they can't be held accountable and that their money can't be brought into the system and be shared as a part of the government, which is only the way that these things work, y'all. <laughs> the mafia is in charge of how much money the cops spend to chase the mafia. Uh, and this is one of the, the impacts right. of, oh, can we say the word oligarchy? Probably. Yeah. Um, in resistance news, Trump bad. Uh, Leia, is Trump bad? Uh, I believe we, we, we've, heard, uh, we've heard eyewitness reports and we've seen some meta-analysis of various studies. Preliminary results in Trump bad. Uh, Kennedy, this is really the big debate of the day in our politics. Uh, Donald Trump, you may have heard of him. He's the president of the United States of America. Some people say Trump good. Other people say Trump bad. Where do you weigh in on this? Well, you know, I think it's uh, it's really easy for people to just kind of sit back and say, oh, Trump bad. But if you really look into it, what you'll discover is Trump bad. <laughs> um, very, that's actually a very good thing that we, we never have consensus on this show. We all agree that Donald Trump, very, very bad. Um, and it looks like he's potentially on his way to an impeachment trial. Uh, the Department of Justice has ordered the White House staff to preserve all presidential records related to Donald Trump's talks with uh, leaders in the Ukraine. Uh, and he's also just openly just been like, hey, China, help me. Uh, Olay Rose, if you had a criminal investigation for your boss and they said, absolutely do not shred documents. Uh, how long would it take for you to get to Kinko's and shred that shit up? <laughs> I mean, not not really an answer to your question, but it's just it's just fucking hilarious how just farcical this whole thing is. And I don't mean the basis of it is farcical, but just like like in, in Watergate and in um in an Iran Contra, it was it was a scandal that they were like shredding documents and moving things, and the presidents did all they could to to, to hide that shit. But now, the presidents just going on stage and be like, hey collude with me if i break enough laws so brazenly they they'll be so stunned that they can't stop me it's the fucking age-old marx quote uh you know things happen twice the first is a tragedy and the second is a farce like you know sometimes just how stupid things get and how brazen the villains of our time are it's just hilarious man yeah um, Kennedy Cooper, do you have any weight to the issue of Joe Biden's son getting paid like 50 grand a month to not do anything? Um, do you, and, and in addition to that, do you believe that Trump is really uh, on a crusade against corruption? I feel like I'm being uh, racially pro profiled as the white dude on the show right You're now. Because like, you asked me the questions that frame Trump in a positive light. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, I think that here's the thing. I <laughs> um, uh, okay, not fucking around. Um, I think that you know the the Ukraine thing is kind of interesting, just to the extent that like I think that it just there's a there is a pattern of behavior 
that our politicians have been engaging in. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the real problem with Donald Trump sometimes is that he isn't doing this behavior the right way. It's not that he's doing it. It's that he's not following the protocol that these old guard politicians are following. And I think that's part of why things like impeachment have been a little bit controversial with some of like the old guard Democrats and stuff too, is because when, when all this stuff comes out in the open, there's potential that like, you know, people always talk about, Oh, maybe Mitch McConnell's going to get fingered. Maybe, you know, this Republican's going to get fingered, you know, in the impeachment, this or that, you know, they're all going to get, you know, some blame laid on them. Here's the thing. Our government has people on both sides of the aisle that are corrupt enough that an impeachment proceeding could potentially drag out shit about the Democrats, too. And so, like, I think that, like, a lot of people are just kind of, like, freaked out to, like, call him out. But I, at the same time, like, yeah, like, he's he's just doing what a politician would do. He's just doing it so badly and so out in the open that nobody kind of knows what to do now. Uh, Leia Rose, <laughs> uh, what do you think like about this potentially being the thing that gets Trump? Uh, are you disappointed that he's not getting got on his numerous other crimes or the things that he he's done to marginalized people? Or do you feel like, hey, whatever gets rid of the guy gets rid of the guy, fuck it. Uh, I'll answer that in a second, but I just want to pivot back to sort of compounding on what Kennedy said. By all means. I, I feel like that's, absolutely prescient like dc runs on greasing the wheels and it has run like that for centuries honestly and trump came in and was like oh everybody else is doing this so i can do it too because foreign policy and u.s foreign aid has always been leveraged to get them to get America what it wants. Like going back decades and decades, we, we've, we've sort of played fast and loose with the rules and there have been quid pro quos, but they've been better hidden. Like the people knew the rules of the game and they, and they knew how to skirt um, quid pro quo laws and that sort of thing. And Trump, uh, Trump know, uh, has the, like, the, the kernel of it and he's like, everybody else is doing this around me, so why can't I do this too? But it is, he's a fucking loudmouth game show presenter from manhattan and he doesn't know how the game is played but he knows what the game entails i think that's a really good way of putting it he knows how it's played or he doesn't know how it's played but he knows what it entails he knows what politicians are getting away with and maybe that's why he's so frustrated a lot yeah. of the time and like why a lot of his supporters do kind of believe him when he goes on these tirades about corruption you know what i mean it's like from a certain perspective you can kind of see how there's this element of frustration in that like we we on this podcast would all agree that like joe biden is pretty much just as dirty as a guy like donald yeah. trump you know like he's a, he also has a really dirty political history and just ha has has done so many questionable and just god awful things, you know, and he's so Trump gets up on stage. He goes, why? Why are you guys yelling at me and not yelling at Joe Biden? He's kind of not wrong. Like the, the thing is, though, is just our take on this podcast is let's yell at them both because they both fucking suck. <laughs> I came to you. This is why I came to you for As I was saying, a lot of kind of conservative arguments about this come down to, but Obama did this, and you said he was, you said he was fine when he did that, or Joe, but Joe Biden was doing this. This is playground 
oh, but he did this or she did that. Oh, why can't I do that? And I mean, we said we said this before a long time ago on this podcast in the Epstein episode. Like, if Bill Clinton is a fucking weirdo sex creep pedophile, lock him the fuck up, launch him into the sun. There's this idea that um, conservatives have no nuance in their politics. So they don't think we have nuance either. And therefore they think, oh, they support Obama, but they also don't like Trump's corruption. So therefore, if I can just point out the contradiction between if you support Obama entirely uncritically and for everything he has done, then Obama's done shitty things too. So that's a contradiction. And like, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't think like that, man. I mean, some people, some people do, but we don't. Well, the thing is, it's the lack of recognition that a lot of people are still kind of looking at politics like it's this two-sided mm-hmm. fight. And and I would say that like in the 90s in America, it was more so a two-sided fight than it is now. You know, like it really was just kind of the Republicans and Democrats hashing it out in terms of the main political stage. I'm not saying there weren't other people yeah. saying other things. I'm just saying on the main political stage, the Republicans and Democrats got together and they fought and they worked it out. And that mm-hmm. was the state of things. We live in 2019 now. <laughs> and in 2019, the Democrat Party is is dealing with an insurgent movement of progressives that we on this podcast support. We would consider ourselves a sort of tangential part of that movement. And so that's why we work so hard to bring in so many interesting voices and things here from kind of the, you know, the across the political left is because we're trying to be a part of that, you know? And so the point I'm making is just that there's there's not a political converse, conversation that's as simple as there's conservatives on one side and there's Democrats on the other, and they're going head to head. No, it's really not that simple. And so the conservatives, though, they see the left as a monolith. They don't they don't get that. I mean, I mean, it makes sense because pretty much the the Trump supporting people are a monolith, more or less. Like there are people that say, oh, I don't like it when he does this thing. or I don't like it when he does that thing. But largely the thick of the Republican base isn't too ideologically variety by the way uh kennedy this is why with your whole oh he's not wrong this is why i come to you for the pro-trump takes i knew if i just gave it a little time you would crack like a fucking egg (laughs) i know Uh, listen listen we got to talk about the way that trump engages that usually monolithical group uh called the republican party uh, because he's used some very alarming language and he said as i learn more and more each day i am coming to the conclusion that what is taking place is not an impeachment. It is a coup intended to take away, he makes a list, the power of the people, their vote, their freedoms, their second amendment, religion, military, border wall, and their God-given rights as a citizen of the United States of America. That, for me, is like some really chilling shit. It's very wild. So are you guys worried about, like, the threat of violence or anybody just going off the rails as a result of this um, very hot take on a coup attempt designed to, I don't know, take their guns and make them not believe in God anymore? There's been a lot of talk about a civil war, like a second civil war. Trump even kind of tweeted about how if impeachment goes through, it would be civil war-like conditions. But I really don't see that kind of violence happening. Because a civil war is fundamentally, you know, the, the state splits in two and there is a... There 
there's one side diametrically opposed to the other. They duke it out until they reach a stalemate or one one of them strangles the other. And I think things aren't as, and like we were talking about earlier with the, it's not just Republican versus Democrat anymore. Things aren't really like that anymore. So do you guys know anything about it in Italy, the years of lead? No, I don't. So Italian politics is a mess. And that's something that, that's evergreen. It's from like the the late 1968 to mid 1988 is what Wikipedia terms it as. And it was essentially um, a continual low to medium level of paramilitary violence between the state, left-wing paramilitaries, and right-wing paramilitaries. Paramilitaries running just kind of the gamut of political opinions. And that's what I think. Like, if things get bad in this country, we're, we're, we're not organized at all enough to see, like, the West Coast secedes and joins the fucking New England to make the democratic states of America. And then they f- and then they fight the Republican states of America. And then Trump launches a nuke on Los Angeles and he wins the war. It's probably going to be a bunch of fucking podunk militias. Like the, the three percenters and the, the other ones. And then uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head on the left. Fucking... But, but, uh, <laughs> Kind of, you get my point. Where we're gonna have like shitty, weird militias doing different terrorist attacks against civilians, against each other, and it's just gonna be a mess. There, there's a there's a conception that like you know it's it's gonna be one versus the other. It's gonna be like Republican versus Democrat. But thing politics is now is incredibly fucking messy, and we're not gonna see if we if it devolves into violence, it is going to get no less messy. Kennedy, that sounds absolutely terrifying. Are there people in America, like large groups of people in America, that really will catch a bullet for Donald mm-hmm. Trump? Are they in that deep? Um, I don't know how large the groups really are, because at the end of the day, you know, we we just talked about conservatism being a bit of a monolith, and I would say it is more so than the left, but it's still extremely varied. And especially, especially when we get into the realm of conspiracists and white nationalists, and all of these types of people, these these groups are extremely fractured. They fight a lot. Um, they disagree a lot. And uh, they aren't extremely unified. And, um, you know, yeah, like, they're all rallied around Trump right now for the most part. But yeah, the, the, the question of something like how many of them would actually, like, you know, do, do commit some act of violence or, you know, as you kind of put it, take a bullet for Trump. Um, how many people would actually do something like that? There is a question to be asked there because a lot of these people, they're more likely to just say, eh, yeah, we'll have another, you know, white savior soon, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and just move on. What I, I don't think that Trump really believes that a civil war is coming. I think his goal is just to cause more random acts of white nationalist terrorism um, in saying something like that, you know, to just keep provoking the masses the way that he's done his entire time in office to think you got to go out there and and do it because we're all in danger, you know, and nobody's doing anything and something bad's about to happen, which has been the rhetoric the whole time. You know, now it's the impeachment before it was the immigrants. And before that, it was the Arab population and people coming from certain countries. And, you know, it's just like he's he's had one thing after another at different points, you know, different Democratic leaders, this and that that he's targeted. 
but the, the message is always the same. You got to go out there and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And, and when he sends a message like this, in particular with that reference to civil war, that something is not pretty what he's asking for, you know, what I, you know, he can, he can say whatever he wants after the fact to pretend like he didn't mean it. However, blah, blah. You can't say something like that. You can't use these type of words and then just be like, I didn't mean anything by it. Especially not when you're the fucking president of the United States. Yeah, it's kind of a relief that like most sensible pe- people know he's a complete idiot. Because if you imagine like a, re- like a real president saying, uh, there's a coup against me and the orchestrators of the coup want to take away your right to assemble and your uh, right to own a gun and they want to take your religion. What all, he hit all the triggers, right? Mandatory abortions, all that kind of bullshit. You have you have to fuck a trans person now. Sorry, no choice. Um, just all just all the shit. Whatever gets those people mad. Um, like in a, in a real sane world, that would be the only news yeah. we talked about all year, right? Like this would be a major yeah. event in world history. But it's idiot Trump, like the fucking game show host, and so everybody's like, huh, "What a weird tweet." We're getting we're getting saturated with inane happenings and i was talking about this off off camera earlier today like i and and like this exactly goes to prove my point like i'm i was talking about a dumb thing trump did like a month or two ago and now i can't even remember it because there's just so many dumb things that happened (laughs) holy shit yeah like we're just being saturated with fucking insanity Weirdly enough, uh, one of the tweets from last week that you might not have noticed, Donald Trump said the capital, when he secedes, will be Green Bay, Wisconsin. So um, (laughs) you're going to need to know where that is because a lot of business is going to be going through there. They're building a a Trump Towers, (laughs) Trump Towers, Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to be able to see the football game from the from the top. It's going to be great. So in other news. Uh, let's talk about about Yang. Let's talk about your digital property rights. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about people passively accepting uh, political circumstances. And one of the circumstances that we accept is the use of our fucking data. These companies are making like billions of billions of dollars off of us. Uh, and we have no say in it, and no cut. Uh, so I want to just kind of talk to you guys about the strengths and weaknesses. Yang wants us to know what data we're using, the right to opt out the right to have it deleted, uh, the right to be informed about breaches. I think all of this shit is like pretty reasonable stuff uh, that would be like very mainstream. Like, I don't think that Yang has a revolutionary proposal here, but I do think that'll be like four years from now, everybody will be saying that as a matter of course. But should our data be our personal property? And what, what kind of compromises do you guys make with social media because uh, I know you guys don't necessarily love to be on Twitter, but you feel like you got to do it. Leia Rose, how do you feel? Well, I mean, you know, this is certainly a thing that, like, Yang has some good ideas. Definitely has some good ideas. Like, honestly, can Bernie just skim Yang's issues page? Got the ones that aren't batshit insane, legion of builders and destroyers type stuff, and be like, oh, hey, I think I'll do that when I'm president. And yeah. we're going to have we're gonna have data breaches in the future. I mean... Think of, think of, I, if you guys have been affected by this shit with Equifax and the credit companies, and if you go onto a website like Have I Been Pwned and you check your data, you've been pwned. 
you've been multiple times phoned. You might not even know about it yet. So given that, I think it is important to like protect our, our shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Kennedy, do you do you feel ambivalent about interacting with Google, Facebook, Twitter, and all of these other companies? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm honestly, I, if it's funny to say this as I'm like hosting a show that will be, you know, put out on the internet for anyone to find, but I'm I'm a bit of a private person. And I used to do social media in a big way when I was a bit younger. And uh, over the last five years, it's just been kind of ramping down more and more to the point where I just really don't do that much at all. Mm-hmm. And I do uh, tweet a little and try to like, you know, have a little fun with it. But like, I'm not so into the like, let me share all these aspects of my life with you and like put all this stuff out there on the internet, like where I'm going and who I'm hanging out with and all this stuff. Like that all strikes me as super weird now. And I don't know why I did it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think Yang is right on this point. However, I really can't talk about Andrew Yang, especially like in the context of like, let's just talk about things that are relevant to the news of the past couple of weeks uh, without mentioning that like I was extremely disheartened and and y'all know who have listened to the cast, you know, everybody who's loyal out there listening right now that I have been probably the most open minded about Andrew Yang of anyone on this podcast. Uh, I was extremely disappointed to read Andrew Yang's immigration proposal to the extent that I really don't think I can support anything about him hardly anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the make him earn it plan. Yeah. I find it like I've definitely been in the middle between the three of us on Yang. Like, I just think he there, one of the things that, that people are positive about him is that there's an age gap between him and the other people running. And it definitely shows in the things that he wants to talk about that are things like the average elected representative doesn't even know is a, is a problem. And I think that's one of the reasons why he has the movement that he has. But I also think that that kind of fucks with him because he is clearly on the internet too much and he kind of reflects the desires of subgroups that shouldn't be reflected in national politics he is most most assuredly an extremely online candidate like what uh, what other kind of fucking candidate has a bill about increasing the rights of mma fighters He's just on his timeline all the time. And he's like, damn, somebody should do something about that. Hey, I'm running for president. Put it in. Uh, yeah. and people, I mean, there are people who relate to that. They like it because they're looking at the same fucking timeline he's looking at. So it's like, yeah, man, I saw that on my timeline, too. Way to go, man. I don't have anything conceptually wrong with like MMA fighters having more fucking rights or whatever, but just like Yang, my boy, can you use some kind of discretion when you're putting issues up on your website? Like there's some stuff that just doesn't need to be there. I don't know. He, I mean, look, he, he is raising money. He's securing the bag hashtag. So, I mean, it is what it is from that perspective. Um, And, you know, this immigration thing, Kennedy, you were incredibly disgusted by his, his his just his phrasing. Not necessarily that the the immigration policy is that terrible, although I think like a twenty year a twenty year path to citizenship is kind of ridiculous. I think it was just his yeah. phrasing that really turned you off, and just all of the make them earn it, and despite them not needing to be here, and all this like he just sort of phrased phrases his immigration policy, which is very strict. It's more like an act of benevolence. It's phrased in an extremely right-wing way. Yeah. Um, 
I just think of that as how Democrats used to talk about immigration like eight years ago. So uh, it didn't really move me one way or another. Alea, you already not being in the Yang, I guess, did this make it worse, better, the same? You were just it like, yeah, con- fuck that guy. It, it kind of confirmed a lot of things, or not confirmed, but it went with a lot of things that I had already thought about him. Like with the weird bowing to white nationalists at times, and that kind of, that birth that birth rates tweet, it, it seems on brand for him to be kind of weirdly right wing about immigration. Yeah. I was like, hmm, yeah. It wasn't so much of an I told you so moment because I hadn't like called anything around that before. But internally I knew like, yeah, this is this is something I would have called. The puzzle of Yang, you feel, just had a couple of pieces slotted in. And you feel like you can make him out now. It's like when uh, Mendeleev was making the periodic table and he there were slots for elements that hadn't been discovered yet, but he was like, there's going to be elements here. And there were elements there. Love to talk about Mendeleev on my podcast. Just love it. <laughs> um, guys, it's time for us to uh, play a quick game. Uh, we're going to have a couple of rounds, these next rounds, and they all fall under the header, Is This Cringe? So keep in mind, is it cringe as we're talking? Mm-hmm. Uh, our our buddy Justin Trudeau, he is the Prime Minister of Canada. There's a climate march. Trudeau's in the march. He's at the front. He's waving the banner. Isn't this motherfucker supposed to be in charge of Canada? Uh, is it cringe that he's marching instead of, I don't know, like doing some stuff? Or should we have a more nuanced view about this? Kennedy Cooper, is it cringe? Uh, I don't think it's cringe for world leaders to like get involved with political issues or even local leaders um, to get involved with political issues. In fact, I think it's the sign of a relatively good politician sometimes if they're getting involved with local issues. And, uh, you know, I think it's actually kind of a good move and he needs some good moves because what was cringe is that other piece of news about Justin Trudeau. I swear to God, I didn't even know that you were going to take that oop. I wasn't even trying to throw you out of oop. You grabbed that shit. You dunked it home. Oh, holy shit. I I want to talk about this dude. (laughs) That's really funny. We should talk about this motherfucker and his fucking blackface scandal. Uh, Lena Rose, uh, dressing up like Aladdin and smearing fucking pine tar on your face. Is it cringe? I think pretty easily, yeah. Like, what, what gets to me is beyond the he's dressed up as blackface mul- multiple times and refuses to say if there if more incidents will come out, is one of the incidents in which there was video. He, he fucking, he committed to the blackface bit. Like, he, he had, his, he had, his tongue was colored black. He had black on his knees. Like, this isn't just everyday blackface. Like, this is advanced like committing to blackface. <laughs> uh, yeah, the blackface extended universe is getting wider and wider. We've got multiple fucking governors of states. Mm-hmm. Now the blackface is it's spreading to Canada. I gotta ask, like, are there women that find this shit attractive? Because if there was not, like, I just don't believe that these guys are just doing black. What inspires them to do fucking blackface? You know, I wonder I wonder about this a lot actually because like uh Brandon, you know, we've had even a couple of conversations about this uh on the show and off the air just chatting and things like that that you know like uh I'm very self-conscious about the fact that like I grew up with some racial prejudices and like you know like I I'm like still trying to like 
unpack a lot of like kind of the uh, racial baggage that comes with American society and being born white into it and things like that. Mm -hmm. And yet for all the dumb things I've ever done involving race or race sensitivity in my life, for every like dumb thought or like bad thought or bad faith idea I've ever had, I've never once thought to myself, I want to wear blackface. Not one time. So I really yeah. don't understand. Yeah, really. Like, like, does did he genuinely just think it was a party? Like, a like we're all having fun. So I got to go and find some shoe polish or brown makeup or whatever, because I, does he just love Aladdin? Actually, maybe like, okay, maybe he just loves Aladdin. And maybe that explains why he wears saris and shit wherever he, whenever he goes out there. Because like deep down, like he still is into that, but he learned like you can't you can't wear the makeup. Mm. Even still though, like when I was a kid for sure, we dressed up in Halloween costumes that were sometimes like, you know, characters that were a different race than ourselves. Like I remember one year my friend was Blade, you know, from the Blade movies. Well, he was not black, you know? <laughs> like, but and 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 he did not wear blackface, nor was he tempted to. Even as a little kid, he did not have that thought, like, I'm gonna paint my skin to to look more like this guy. He was just like, No, I just need the outfit and stuff, you know? I just need I just need to look like the cool vampire hunter guy. Yeah, we've both we've both bonded over like in our past, we've we've made comments or whatever that were not sufficiently enlightened or whatever on on different matters. You racial stuff, me like gay stuff. This entire last year has been like the part at the end of Avengers Endgame where everybody's just walking through the portals, except it's just white guys wearing fucking blackface. Just everybody's <laughs> coming through the portal. Like, I didn't know there was this many of them, but they're they're just fucking swarming us. They're everywhere. What should we like do? Should we do something about that? Like, should he be fired? What's like an appropriate punishment for this guy? I don't want to fire him. Like, no, nobody's nerfing. But. So I just want to say, first, I just got to put this out there. Um, one little factoid to go along with this is that there are more governors in America that have worn blackface than there are black governors. This is so true. if you're listening and, and you didn't know that already, now you know that. And I'm sorry. Verified um, fact. Verified fact. Yes. Uh, but okay, so in terms of what to do about it, so I tend to take the stance a lot that like, you know, um, I'm not into just like a, a, a absolutist sort of cancel culture in every situation. Um, obviously, if someone is a like a sexual predator or something like that, I have a very, very low tolerance for yeah. that. Um, which is to say, like, basically, I would be fine with just like shooting them into space, to be honest. But uh, something like this, I tend to take the stance a lot that like, he can't just come out and apologize and say, yeah, this happened. And even more cryptically, as we've already discussed, I don't know how many times this happened. Um, it's like the, very, the, thing very that, frightening. the thing that baffles me is like, like, like you said, Ken, I've never had the idea to do blackface. Like he, Justin Trudeau said in like his apology speech or whatever, like, I didn't know that this was wrong. Is, is, is there just like a thing in rich people culture where they just do blackface and don't know what's wrong? Yeah, I think they just do anything. They just do everything in life. No one ever tells them no. And maybe he saw it in a movie somewhere. That's the other thing that, that blows my mind about blackface. It's not... It's not in culture. It's not aspirational. Who did you yeah. look up to? Who did you look up to that did blackface? Was it in a movie somewhere? 
Did you see it in a book? Like, what What even put that idea into your head? I have no idea. And, like, Wild. repeatedly, like, over and over again, Blackface Extended Universe for just Justin Trudeau. <laughs> like, like not um, only doing it one time, but, like, doing it over and over again. Like, how? I just want to reiterate that, like, again, like, it's it's not like I was during this, like, some of these stories I'm telling about growing up, that I was just growing up in a racially sensitive culture, you know? Like, I wasn't growing up with just everyone around me. Yes, I had some positive influences in these regards. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't just, like, only given one Mm -hmm. um, set of inputs the way some people are, uh, you know, or anything like that. Um, And, you know, I know my mom listens to the show, and she wouldn't want, want people thinking... You know, she was training me to be a racist. She was the opposite completely. But there were lots of people around me. And I especially, my peers in school were racist as hell at times of my life. And and even then, even in those mm-hmm. settings, no one was like, hey, guys, let's do blackface. <laughs> it's, it's like calling an, an Asian person oriental. It's racist or a Chinaman. Like, it's racist but in a way that's so flash from the past that it's also like shocking you're like what where did this come from who it's, it's told like, you this yeah like God. it's just like my, my my reaction to it was i already didn't like justin trudeau for the numerous fucking bad things that he that he's done and like the like this didn't really change my opinion of him too much but like the main emotion i have for this is bemusement like why why are you doing this? Why did you do it so many times? I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I, I believe, I believe the spirit of blackface still lives in him. I think he genuinely thought that shit was cool. And I think that when he goes abroad and he wears all that shit inside, he's thinking, yeah, I'm Aladdin. Like, um, <laughs> just, just, just twist it. Um, and yeah, it's just, a wild, wild situation with that guy. And, you know, when we talk about what's the just response to this, uh, I think he's basically getting the treatment he should get. Like, he's not literally being canceled. He's mm-hmm. being mocked. He's being asked to account for his actions. Um, regular people have it a lot rougher than what Justin Trudeau is going through right now. Um, you got to eat a little shit and you got, you got to apologize and you got to make it right. And I think I've said this to you, Kennedy, uh, like your comments in the past, like you can't, this applies to all of us that just on a show. And as a human race, you can't really erase the shit you've said in the past. It still reflects on you to a, in a way, but also what you do in the future also reflects on you. So Justin Trudeau, I mean, he's got to eat a little shit right now. But hopefully he uh, eats his shit, and then after he's finished eating shit, he looks for a way to prove that he's grown up since then. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that what I was kind of getting at before is that you can't just get up and say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to take it one step further. And so, like, what I would like to see Justin Trudeau do is, like, like so many people, the thing that really frustrates me in these cases is these people are wealthy. Justin Trudeau is wealthy. He has the ability to go out and hire the best racial sensitivity firm in Canada to teach him about race. Just him. Just just private classes. Just for him. He could just go do that. 
But how often do these people take that extra step? And how hard would it be? Like I said, these people are rich. There's nothing stopping him from throwing a few thousand dollars at one of these institutions who needs the money anyway, probably. And and just saying, all right, teach me, teach me really, really deeply why this was wrong and how I can be better. Justin Trudeau, I, I just don't agree. I don't think he needs to go to a firm. First of all, he's educated. He's a grown ass man. Go to your local library, go pick up some fucking books. Also, you are the prime minister, and I assume you campaign all across the country uh, and you go and meet people. Hey, next time somebody from one of those groups talks to you, just fucking listen to them about their life. You ought to learn about their fucking culture through osmosis. I mean, like just just by taking the time to sit and talk to people and listen to them, you ought to have some awareness. I mean, maybe he maybe he does now. I don't know. But it's it's a good opportunity for him to demonstrate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean you literally have to go to that length. I'm just saying there's nothing stopping you if you're rich from seeking out the best resources, whatever you decide those are. That's true. To get more educated yeah. and to to get to to develop that sensitivity so that you really get it. Because the problem is a lot of times people, you know, they they've reached a point in their life where they're like, oh, I, I understand now that I'm being shamed for wearing blackface and that it's not a good idea and that people are upset about it and I've hurt people's feelings, but they don't actually understand why it was wrong in the first place. That's very true. Um, I want to, we, we have been talking for a little while, but I've got one more urgent. Is it cringe? Is it cringe? Cringe! Uh, our hero, our leader, uh, uh, the the stealth future president of the United States, uh, AOC. She's doing a, a town hall. Uh, I think it was in Queens, and a protester said that we've got to fight climate change, and we've got to reduce carbon emissions, and we've got to do whatever is necessary. Is it cringe? Wait. Uh, she's also wearing a shirt that says "Save the Planet, Eat the Babies," and she just insisted that in order for us to survive. We've got to stop reproducing. And if you have a baby, uh, you know, get your pan, get your grill, uh, egg open and scramble that shit because we the only reason you're going to get away with that comment is because it's October and we can be like, it was a Halloween joke. Fuck you. Of, of course. It was spooky. <laughs> so uh, it turns out that this was a, a Trump supporter. It was better than that. If I can cut in for a second. Yes. It, w- it wasn't just a tr- like a Trump supporter. It was the fucking Lyndon LaRouche pack that did. The- oh God, we we really should. This should move our LaRouche episode up in the queue. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! What a weirdo. Good oh, lord. 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 First of all, good lord. This video, AOC is just very polite to this woman, and when she talks about the baby eating agenda, she's like, uh. There's, we have a lot of options for fighting climate change. She doesn't really directly denounce it. She said she didn't know whether the woman's got like mental issues. She's going to go crazy. So she wanted to de-escalate. So yeah. uh, this woman, is it cringe to uh, interrupt a pro uh, town hall to scream about eating babies? Is it cringe to eat a baby? Uh, is, it, is it cringe to be a LaRoucheite? Uh, and is it cringe that AOC was just very chill in a... Very wild situation. Uh, Leia Rose, you're the pod mother. I've been letting you. You don't go back and forth. This isn't a debate. So you you go first. What's up? Uh, I think just starting off, 
Lyndon LaRouche is beyond cringe. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I, it's sidebar, but I was I was on campus once at my university, and there was a group of Lyndon LaRouche supporters. And here's just a few things that they supported. They wanted the U.S. to build a high-speed railroad between Alaska and Siberia in order to connect to the Chinese transportation network. They didn't believe climate change was real, and they wanted Trump to be the next FDR, but also they didn't want a new Green Deal. That's just a collection of things they believed. Uh, how, good is, how good is the Chinese transportation network? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, I, I sure as hell know that it's not feasible to build a high-speed rail network over the fucking Bering Strait. We, we really need... up to the Belt and Road Initiative. We, we really need one Chinese person to illegally donate to Marianne. That way they can be plugged into the network and we can just ask them, like, how's the trains? How is the bus? So that we can decide whether it's worth it for us to connect to their internal transportation system. Uh, Kennedy, is, is what do you think about the cringe factor of just this entire protest? All right. So, so uh, eating a baby is definitely cringe. Worse than cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you asked if it was cringe or not, not if it was criminal, <laughs> horrifying, right? It's, it's also it's also those things. Yes, it's criminal, horrifying, and it's cringe. Uh, you know, I was actually even just kind of just as a very uh, random aside, I was kind of lamenting the other day how many horror movies of the last couple of years involve like cannibalism and stuff, and like just like mm-hmm. how like really over that theme I am. So I don't. In a weird way, other than that, okay, so actually eating a baby is cringe. Other than that, the situation isn't really cringe to me because, like, AOC just, like, basically handled it just very calmly and just kind of tried to de-escalate the situation, which is the only thing to do when you're dealing with a potentially crazy person like that. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is, like, this, these kinds of antics, the conservative, like, there are these conservative think groups that are literally dreaming up another antic like this every week, you know? Uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Jacob Wall. He's back on scene he did a whole thing about how elizabeth warren had really rough sex with a marine that she paid and it's just like the dumbest fucking imagined scandal and broke him emotionally she broke him with her pussy i find that why first of all y'all motherfuckers stop making elizabeth warren look cool y'all are gonna like have you guys have you guys seen it's always sunny in philadelphia like a few episodes Like, the whole Jacob Wall, Elizabeth Warren Cougar thing, it's like if the gang from It's Always Sunny decided they wanted to gain uh, they wanted to gain notoriety by doing, like, a scandal for a political candidate. Like, they forgot to delete the, like, he forgot to delete the Instagram post showing him getting, like, his scar from a barbecue. So, like, two hours after no, he's he, on, oh. he was He was taking down a swing. Whatever the fuck it was, a swing, yeah. So, so he's like, uh, yeah, uh, Elizabeth Warren put this on me during one of her fucking kinky BDSM sessions with her nails or some shit. The accuser um, specifically mentioned a lime green strap-on. Which, knowing that it's made up, really says a lot about your si- sexual psychology that you have pictured Elizabeth Warren's lime green strap-on so vividly. What's going on? Uh, a, a heckler pressed for the price of the, of the strap-on, and it was pegged at $1,500. Elizabeth Warren has a $1,500 strap-on. And it's a lime green. 
I genuinely would. I, I'm not even joking. Like if this was confirmed as true, she would rise up my voting rankings mm-hmm. pretty easily. I mean, she'd still be behind Marianne and, and Bernie, but be a strong, strong number three. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want the fucking freaky lime dildo lady. She can run it, man. <laughs> no, Mar- Marianne still has an edge because she doesn't even strap ons. She's got the astral plane. Correct. Astral dong. The astral yeah. dong. Luckily, uh, none of the very cool politicians that are going to be guesting on this show actually listen to it. Thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this has been Not Safe for Wonks. We do a lot of content just like this. And if you want to support us, uh, support us on our Patreon. We're patreon.com slash not safe. And we are working on a library of Patreon content right now. We're reading books. We're uploading episodes. Uh, we, we just do all kinds of shit. So you definitely want to be on the ground floor of that. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, our, our good friend, uh, Apple, Mr. Jobs and Mr. Who's the new guy that succeeded Tim Jobs? I mean, Tim, Tim, Tim Jobs. Tim, who's the new guy? Who's Tim? Jo- it was Tim. It was Tim Cook after Steve Jobs, but didn't he step down too? Oh God, maybe. Okay. Well, Tim Jobs, whoever the new Steve Jobs is, it's like yeah, whoever the new guy is, they're our friends. And you can you can see us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate us. Please review us. Every single rating counts for us. Uh, every single review counts for us. And if you've done it, you're rad. And if you haven't done it, do it. And if you've already done it, uh, borrow a friend's i borrow a friend's iPhone and like go to the bathroom and then review us while you're taking a shit. It's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you, you that you guys want to plug? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. Um. You, would you guys like to squeeze in a guided meditation? No. I just want to say for this week, just thank you so much to our audience. Uh, we've gotten a lot of support the last few. Hell years. yeah. In, in, in a lot of different ways, yep. uh, on the Patreon, on Twitter, on our Discord, just hanging out with us, having fun with us. Uh, and everyone was really understanding about us kind of getting off our schedule a little bit there. We really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, we're going to keep the content coming at you for a while from now on. We just had a little bit of our, a hiccup uh, with our, our recording and editing process, and we're getting it worked out so that, uh, you know, one way or another, we're going to get you that content. And we have a lot of exciting stuff coming. We just appreciate you so guys much. so much. Tune, tune, in. tune in every week. So Thank much. you so much. And uh, before we before we officially sign off, I would like to give a shout out to the United Auto Workers. Uh, they go through hurdles just like we went through hurdles. Uh, they're a lot more connected, unified, stronger than us. So when we have something, we get inspiration from them. We get up off our asses and we keep pushing as hard as we can. And I know that the opportunities to support their movement and labor across the country isn't going away. It's not going anywhere. Neither are we. Uh, this is Not Safe for Wonks. And on behalf of Kennedy Cooper and Leia Rose, I am Brandon Buchanan. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. We have incredible shit lined up for you all the next couple of weeks. So uh, by all means, stay tuned. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>